This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Talking about the issues you care about. Guy Benson. It is an extended home stretch here on the Guy Benson Show on this Monday, our first home stretch of 2022. And we had so much to catch up on because I was gone for the last week. And who boy has a lot gone down. We will get to the uh, COVID travails coming up here in a bit. But first, producer Christine, have you guys had snow up in Jersey? Because we got pretty walloped here in D.C. We have not had snow the entire season so far. Actually, up until this morning, it was uh, pretty mild. It was about 55 yesterday in the uh, great state of New Jersey. So, no, we have not seen, I don't even think, a snowflake yet. Yeah, it has been pretty warm and mild around here for the last month. But the temperature dropped last night. There was snow in the forecast. And I'm one of these people in D.C. who gets pretty jaded. Because usually once or twice a year, they say, oh, there's a snowstorm coming to Washington. And almost inevitably, there are exceptions. But it feels like more often than not, it's a bust. Everyone's ready for snow and a huge deluge. And then it's like a dusting, if that. So I was skeptical. And I'm someone who likes snow, especially in the winter. I'm a four seasons guy. So if it's going to be winter time, a little a little snowfall is nice. I like the look. I like the aesthetic. I find it peaceful. Well, I got my wish, I guess, and it snowed overnight into the morning, into the afternoon. And when I woke up, I was delighted. I tried to let Roy out. Roy did not want to step foot outside. Like, I think Roy made the calculation. Do I have to go to the bathroom? Yes. Is it worth going out into whatever this is? No. He hasn't seen heavy snow in a while, and he's never a big snow dog. So he went straight to the couch and looked at me like, you're not making me go out. Also, he's so powdery white, he could get lost. He could easily get lost in the snow. In any case, it was, I don't know, it looked like maybe six or seven inches is what fell. Which is fine. No problem. I like it. In fact, I was going to keep the Christmas lights on outdoors on the house for one more night just to see everything all lit up with the snow. I thought that would be pretty. And then the Christmas lights turn off because we are, of course, past Christmas. But here's the problem. The snow that fell is very heavy, wet snow. And so I was on the couch doing some work. I was not looking at the backyard. I got a call from Adam, who is upstairs, and that's coming up in the next segment, why he is on the third floor and not on my floor. You can probably guess. And he says, a tree fell in our backyard. And I turned, and one of our huge evergreen trees, which I guess was really laboring under the weight of so much heavy snow, especially near the top, it just came down. And it didn't make a giant crash because it fell into a pillow of snow. And the roots are sort of up, and there's an electrical wire out there, and it was a distressing scene. So needless to say, my morning, nothing has really gone to plan in a lot of ways over the last two weeks. Like, all right, here we go, back to work, back to the show. Uh, we're just going to hit the reset button, and now there's a tree that we have to somehow get removed from the backyard at some point here and then replaced. The more immediate concern 
was could this happen to another tree or a bigger tree? This one luckily fell into just empty yard. It could have been worse. The other trees, if they were to topple, it would it would probably be worse. So I immediately put on snow boots. I was wearing shorts. It was maybe not my finest decision, but it was fine. But snow boots, a winter hat, some gloves, my North Face, and I got a broom, like a wicker broom from the garage, and just went around knocking snow off of our trees and bushes, because a lot of the bushes and trees were just sagging, really struggling under the weight of this snow. So I was trying to save some of those pieces of vegetation. What I'm most concerned about is we have some big, tall holly trees on one side of our backyard, and then a whole line of evergreen trees between our house and the back brick wall. And one is gone, so there's like a big missing tooth there already, and there were a few others just clearly leaning. And this was highly concerning. And some of them are relatively new because we had to replace them for another reason. Don't want to get into all the details. But are maybe 12 feet tall. So between my height, I'm six feet tall, and the broom, I was able to mostly get those trees clear. Those are three. But the old mature trees, there are also three of them. Well, now I guess we're down to three from four. Uh, It's got to be, what, 40 feet high, 50? They're really tall. So I could get some of the snow off some of the limbs and branches. But near the top, I mean, I'm almost worried, are they so top-heavy that they could start to sag and the problem could get worse? The temperature is supposed to climb. It looks like the snow has stopped. So I'm hoping... After the show, I'm going to go out and like do one more round of not even shoveling, but broom hitting. I also grabbed the, the tree trunks with Adam's help. He came down and was sort of supervising as I was just shaking the tree trunks as hard as I could. And it worked to the extent that a lot of the snow fell off. Some of it is stubbornly sticking. You should have seen me. I was a mess because the snow was falling, of course, directly onto me. Producer Christine, when I told you this, you seemed less concerned about our plight and about the tree falling in the yard and the concern about more trees falling in the yard. You seemed very concerned with repeated inquiries as to whether or not Adam had videotaped me engaged in this, I would say, responsible homeownership. It's almost as if you thought this would be amusing. Does this entertain you, Christine? It, it definitely would have, and I'm a little disappointed in Adam right now. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about this next segment, but I've been cooped up for a very long time, and this entertainment would have been <laughs> quite funny for me as well as the rest of the show. So I am a little disappointed. I, I'm co- I'm confused as to you going outside in shorts. I, I definitely don't think your mother would approve during a I snowstorm. I mean, it's fine. It's fine, and mm. to me, it was the boots... The hat and the gloves. Those were the most important <laughs> weapons to have. But then the shorts. I mean, I need at least a picture, Adam. Come on. No. Nope, nope, nope. And so uh, we will report back. We might have Mary Catherine's husband, who's very good. He might, he's got a chainsaw, and he loves excuses to use the chainsaw. So maybe we'll have him help <laughs> us with the tree removal. I just hope it's only one tree. That's the key here. And uh, we'll bring you an update on the situation As it unfolds, in the meantime, we will break, we'll come back, and then it's time for Christmas and Cookie and COVID. It's been a bumpy ride in the Benson household and the Cookie household. We will recap as soon as we come back on the home stretch. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Home, home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. Well, we alluded to it a lot in the last segment. You might have heard it in Christine's voice. I also made mention of it earlier in the program as well. COVID struck again 
in my household and has struck for the first time in Christine's household over the last few weeks. And it has been a bumpy, turbulent experience. I think it's safe to say there's been a COVID imprint on the holiday season of 2021. So starting with my family, they all came down. We hosted at the house. They came down just before Christmas Eve. I was actually up in New York where everyone had it. I mean, <laughs> there were rumors in the building at Fox that like, everyone was testing positive. They were sending people home left and right. A lot of it was Omicron, so not terribly severe, but still, you know, it's, it's significant. I got out of New York actually early. I took a train home the night before I was supposed to leave. I was like, I need to get home for Christmas. I need to get out of New York City. So my family was here. Christmas Eve, my dad had a cold. And it wasn't a horrible cold, but it was a cold. But before my siblings were all slated to arrive, so I guess this was the 23rd, I said, let's do a rapid test just to be safe. We had one or two left in the house. And these things in certain places, these rapid tests are like gold. They're very hard to find. People are snapping them up. Other parts of the country, it's just not an issue at all. So like, oh yeah, you can go into CVS. There's plenty available. In blue areas, blue cities, sort of urban areas in particular, it's like, you know, people get a tip that the Walgreens, two towns away, got a new shipment and there's just a race. It's like a run on the bank to go buy your maximum, what, like four packets of these, of these tests. But we had a few at the house, so tested dad, negative. Tested myself, negative. Everyone arrives. Christmas Eve, dad's still not feeling great. Christmas morning, he gets up, we test him again, and he's positive. So now we have dad in the house with COVID. So we put him up on the third floor to sort of isolate him. Then we realized on Christmas Day, at least in the D.C. area, it was really nice. It was 63, something like that. So we took all of our gifts and everything, brought them outside on the back patio. He sat over on the other end of the patio and that's how we did our presents. I actually posted on my Instagram, at Guy P. Benson, a photo from our security camera in the back of the house of all of us doing the gifts with Dad in the, sort of in the foreground, off by himself, everyone else seated across the way. But we at least were able to interact. Outside is safe. We had some of his meals out there, like he had breakfast out there. And then for dinner and stuff, he would be up on the third floor. And we took my mom, who never got it, by the way. Neither of them were boosted. They finally got scheduled for their booster shots. And my mom got hers, finally. But my dad, literally days before he finally could get his booster shot, got COVID. So we had to take her out of the sleeping arrangement and put her down with my sister. It was a whole thing. So dad finally started to improve. He referred to himself as the patient. And he would occasionally text us requests. This is how we knew it wasn't really that bad. It's like the, the patient requires some more appetizers. <laughs> or like the patient requires some wine. So he was fine. It just was kind of an unpleasant flu-ish coal with some fever for a little while, but it wasn't bad. He's now recovered. Thank God. My brother started to feel not great. He tested negative, tested again tested positive. His girlfriend never got it until just recently. So she finally ended up getting it, but it was she was out of our house by that point. So we had to find another room for my brother to be in. My dad was up on the third floor. And then after Adam and I, we had gone to Colorado, tested negative. Neither of us had it, but we got back in plenty of time for New Year's Eve. Adam started to feel a little bit weird. And he was talking about sort of like a burning, tingly sensation in his nose. I'm like, that sounds familiar, because of course I had a breakthrough case back in August. We tested him on the 30th, and it was positive. So New Year's plans went away, dinner reservation canceled, and he's been on the third floor. So it's been a time. He tested positive again this afternoon. So he, it's mild. These are not bad symptoms. They're not pleasant. It's not like you want this. It's like a cold. It's a cold. Now, whether it's Omicron or Delta, unclear. I have relatives out in California right now who are quite ill with COVID, and we're praying for them. It's not like hospital ill, but it's been really bad. 
And that could very well be Delta. Because there's still a lot of both going around right now in different parts of the country, even in the same parts of the country. So I will just say, knock on wood, that I did not get Omicron. Or maybe I did, but it was so fleeting and so mild that it never really affected me. I had a few little feelings of the tingly nose and that sort of thing. But my tests, I didn't take many. I had a little tiny bit of symptoms, took a test negative. If I had it, it was super mild, or I didn't have it, because I think my combination of two shots of the vaccine plus my natural immunity, I think, did the trick. Now, there are other people that I know who have now gotten COVID for a second time. Some very close friends had COVID in the early days. One friend had COVID back-to-back Christmases. He had it for the first time last Christmas and then got it again this Christmas. And it was likely Omicron this time and a different variant last time. So it is kind of complex. But in my experience, I think that my hybrid immunity probably got the job done. Now I say that, (laughs) maybe I'll get it. It's been a very frustrating beast, but we're just working through it. And everyone that I know in my neck of the woods, sort of in my circle, who got it. And there's been a ton of people who got it. We had that caller topic on the show before the holidays. Are you changing your holidays at all? And my plan was, nope, we're not changing anything. Well, (laughs) that didn't really work out. We had to roll with the punches. We didn't blow up the whole thing. We didn't panic. But things changed with positive tests. Which brings us now to producer Christine, who is for now testing negative, but I don't know, Christine, it seems that there are clues. There are clues that Cookie may have finally gotten the Rona. How are you feeling? What's happening at your house? So we went to Massachusetts to visit my husband's family over uh, Christmas, you know, weekend. And then uh, I've been sick now over a week started with some sort of stomach flu and I don't know what I have now, but my daughter tested positive on Thursday and my husband tested positive today. And my daughter was a little sick, not too bad. My husband's not feeling his best. We both feel it in our chest. I've tested negative, I think four times now. Wow. So I don't know what is going on. I would guess because you just sort of, you test negative until you don't, right? That's what happened with my dad. That's what happened with Adam. So I think you probably have it, not that I'm a doctor or anything, but given the fact that both other people in your house have it, that would make sense. And hopefully it clears up soon. Hopefully it remains moderate and mild. I'm glad that Megan is, is doing fine. And yeah, I mean, that this was a holiday season that was not ideal for a lot of people because we're still going through all of this stuff. And I hope that you guys feel okay. You're a trooper for working, even though you're working from home. We're glad to have you here. Feel better, and hopefully you'll give us some updates as the week progresses. Yes, and I mean, Guy, as you and I both know, this is two years of me worrying. It finally happened. (laughs) Although it's not confirmed yet. (laughs) Meanwhile, Dan is fine, our engineer. He has kept himself isolated. He didn't get it. Wyatt and his whole family went to Florida. They're fine. So there you go. It is an unpredictable thing. It's no one's fault. That's the other thing. I think more people are realizing it's no one's fault. All right, we're out of time. I'm on special report tonight on the panel with Brett and company. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place on the radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. Sort of like a medical triage here at the program (laughs) because... We have two staff members who are perfectly fine. Dan, Wyatt, they're fine. I'm fine, but I've had at least one COVID-positive person in this house every day since Christmas Eve. Adam is still positive. In fact, he's feeling a little bit lousier today than he did yesterday. Still fine overall, but sick. And then there's producer Christine who was on our planning call earlier and had a few coughing fits. And it sounds like things aren't great over at that household. Although, Megan, your daughter, has bounced back almost completely, right? That's the good news. 
that's the best news of all is that Megan really, it was more of like a 24, 48 hour thing for her. And really the worst of it was in 24 hours with a pretty high fever, you know, congestion. And thank God Megan is fine. We need to get Megan back to school, but that's another topic. Yep. She's a young kid, right? This is, this is what we've learned about how everyone says, oh, kids are resilient when they're trying to justify keeping them out of schools and other harms. Kids are actually resilient, meaningfully, against the disease itself, against the virus itself. And Megan is just another example of that, an anecdote that proves and fortifies the overwhelming statistics. However, her parents, Bobby and Christine, are kind of on the struggle bus here. Let me ask you this. Because Bobby tested positive, your husband tested positive, you had been testing negative, but sometimes the way this has worked is you test negative until you don't. Even if you have some symptoms, this is what happened with my dad, for example, leading up to Christmas, because he wanted to test before everyone showed up from out of town, even though he had some symptoms of a cold. And we didn't know if it was a cold or if it was COVID. So we did the nose swab and the whole thing and the at-home test that I took you know, like seven of when I had it back in August, and it came back clean, negative test. So he said, okay, I mean, that's the best we can do. Two days later, with everyone at the house, and it's Christmas Day, thank God we could move everything outside because it was still warm. We didn't have this snowstorm, for example. Then he tests positive that morning. So you test negative until you don't. Bobby tests positive. You had been testing negative. Have you tested positive since or no? Well, that's a great question. Um, I have not tested at all because I cannot find a test anywhere. I've Okay, so pause that, pause that thought real quick. Do you, because there's a chance, again, I think it's pretty remote. There is a chance that Bobby has it and you don't. Like Adam has it right now and I don't. When I had it back in August, he didn't get it. It is possible for people living in the same house to coexist where one person gets it, the other one doesn't. Different immunities, different things, you know, there, there are factors at play. Are your, this is a key question, I think. Are your symptoms similar to Bobby's? Almost identical. Almost okay. identical. The only, the only difference, and I was telling Wyatt this this morning, was... Last week, I had major, we'll put it nicely, gastro issues that were bad. And Bobby's now getting that. So they're a little reversed. But all the cold, yeah, it's very strange. And and that is an Omicron symptom, actually. Yep, no, uh, we've seen that in my household, too. That was also a precursor. That was a precursor to the more traditional symptoms in all three cases that developed here at this house over the holidays. So again, I'm not Dr. Manny, right? We just had Dr. Manny on the show (laughs) earlier this hour. I'm no Dr. Manny here. In fact, I have a, a mere bachelor's degree in journalism. However, I'm willing to quasi diagnose producer Christine Cookie with the cookie COVID. I think this is almost indisputably COVID. If your symptoms are the same, like identical basically as your husband who's living under your roof, sleeping in your bed and is positive for COVID. Like, I don't think it takes a big leap. I think you guys both have it. You just can't confirm it because you can't find a test. Now, this is where I'm kind of curious because you are a real go-getter when you set your mind to something, for example, booking a guest or making a bad decision in life, it is hard to deter you from that. So I would imagine, given your, I would almost say, paranoia for the last two years about COVID and believing around every corner there's COVID, you've got COVID, it's finally hit me. Well, now I think it actually has finally hit you. I would guess that you are just like jumping out of your skin to confirm that with a test, what have you done to try to get a test since you've run out at your house? Um, I know this is going to come as a shock, and you should look at your text message right now from Quiet Wyatt. I am actually not panicking. I don't know why. It's like I worry about the worst things that could 
It's called, my therapist says, I have catastrophic thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think about all worst case scenarios, but when actually something happens and it's bad, I go into like survival mode and I'm actually pretty calm. Very strange. So, yes, I worried for two years. I mean, crazy, crazy worry. Now <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have it. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to just, you know, we're going to put our heads down. And we're going to get through this and it's going to be OK. <laughs> Wyatt is confirming, by the way, he texts in. Please note for the record, I did not receive any panicked phone calls from Christine over the current COVID outbreak. I'm very proud. LOL. New year. New cookie. Well, let's not go that far here. But I I understand that you can catastrophize something. You can think in your mind like, oh, my gosh, all these horrific things like the parade of horribles is going to be visited upon me if this happens. And then you actually get it and you're like, okay, well, this sucks and it's very unpleasant, but it's not the end of the world. I'm going to get through it. All the things Guy has been saying are correct. And now I'm in it, so why bother worry anymore? And you just kind of go weirdly to like a zen place. I can kind of understand that. But I still would think it's not a panic. You would want to just know for sure that you have it. And it should be easy to do. You should just be able to swab your nose, get the thing, see the line in red, show up, and then say, okay, I'm having my moment here with COVID. But you've been unable to do that because how many places would you estimate you have called trying to find rapid tests? Oh, I mean, we're in the 20s now. I, I mean, I, wow. I, I don't. I have uh, Judgey Joyce calling. I have my sister in Pennsylvania. I mean, we are all over the place trying to find more tests. And it, it is almost laughable. It's, it's, it's funny. Uh, my mom says this because I haven't been out of the house, but she said that you go to stores and there's signs now. Like, you can't even ask. and They don't even want you to ask. There's signs before you walk in the store saying, no, we do not have tests. Okay, so funny you should mention that. On New Year's Eve, I had to go over to our local CVS to pick up something for Adam. He had tested positive the day before. He needed something from the pharmacy. He wanted some, like, Gatorade or whatever. So I walk over to CVS in our little neighborhood here, and I go to the pharmacy and I'm chatting with a pharmacist who happens to be a very uh, striking man. I'm like, oh, hello, pharmacist. And there's one of the signs that you mentioned, like, no, like, we do not have the COVID tests. We are sold out at this time. We are sorry for the inconvenience. Basically, like, don't ask. So rather than asking, I made a statement. I said, oh, it's a shame about the testing shortage. It's crazy. Uh, we're running out of them at our house, obviously. We had one left. And he sort of furtively looks around, glances, lowers his voice, and says to me, we actually got some today. I don't have them here, but they're up front. You have to talk to that guy, but be cool about it. (laughs) So I guess I had accidentally hit the jackpot. They had gotten their shipment. Now, they were already almost out. I guess the word had not really spread like crazy. I could see when he went to go get them, there were maybe 20 or 30 boxes left like kits left and they were limiting four per person. So I was like, fair enough. I'll take four, but they clearly were not trying to advertise it because there'd be a run on these things. And he was telling me as soon as they get them in, they sell out immediately. And he thought the fact that it was new year's Eve may have actually helped the situation. Cause I went kind of late in the day and they had not sold out yet, but I just got lucky there. And a lot of these other pharmacies, they make it really hard. If you call, it's really hard to even get a person on the phone. They're just bombarded with these questions. Have you considered, Christine, getting in one of these lines and going for a free PCR test that the government's offering somewhere? I had thought about it until the weather here has turned to, you know, 20 degrees. And no, uh, being thick as I am, uh, I'm not going to stand on a two to three hour line to go get a test, which probably is going to tell me something that I already know. Yep. So, no, I think, I think know, that's if, right. If, if it gets worse, you know, like I have a, a telehealth appointment with my doctor. They, they won't even let you, by the way, in the doctor's offices. If you even think, you know, I explained my situation to him and he's like, no, you cannot come here. They do not <laughs> want you. Like, I'm sick. I don't know if I have COVID. I can't get a test. Can you please see me? Well, no, you might have COVID. 
So you can't come here and see us. Go get a test first. I mean, it's just this crazy cycle that we're in. I do have to ask you one more question. And this is a little bit inside baseball, but I think most of our listeners (laughs) will get it. How often have you been texting or calling poor Dr. Nicole Sapphire throughout this ordeal? Um, So, well, you know, the good thing is we have a, a few Fox News doctors. Oh, so you're, so you're rotating when, through them. When I feel that I, I've uh, reached my limit with her, I'll <laughs> go to Dr. Manny. And then I'm thinking by tomorrow, um, Dr. Siegel is going to, you know, get a call for uh-huh. me. So Then all of a sudden, Neshwat, well. Neshwat's going to get it. I feel yeah. like it, it might be worthwhile having sapphire back on the show just to diagnose you because dr guy here who's not a doctor at all has unofficially diagnosed you as having covid i feel like she's probably more of an authority on this than i am but i'm guessing she's going to agree with me and be like yeah obviously it's covid and obviously you should just be sick at your house and not venture out to confirm something that we all already know Well, she did tell me that she she was the one that basically said "You you have it and she told me to go get the oximeter, you know, to, and I had a neighbor uh, go buy that for me and, you know, just to check it. And uh, I'm actually like your oxygen, obsessive. oxygen levels. Yeah. If it hits below 95, you know, you got a problem. So but you're um, doing, I'm I assume, not even fine. Yeah, I'm completely fine. But don't forget, I also have a direct number to my regular doctor who's been my doctor for over 20 some odd oh, years. Oh, yeah. No, you you definitely blow up people's phones at times. And so I'm sure you've been very busy, but not too panicked, according to Wyatt, which is very impressive. Also, it sounds likely that you have Omicron because Omicron is less likely to cause breathing problems and your oxygen levels are good. So that's all very encouraging. And hopefully we'll have our meeting tomorrow for the show and you'll sound better you haven't been doing any coughing during the segment that's impressive hopefully a good sign and then we'll get an update on your condition we actually have another fun topic already for the home stretch tomorrow so uh i'll just put it out there that the home stretch tomorrow is going to be eventful and enjoyable and hopefully not cookie free we want cookie on the mend here for the home stretch <laughs> on the guy benson show back here same time same place in the meantime have a great night thanks for listening Stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Wednesday. Hope to see you in the 6 p.m. hour on Special Report. I'm joining Brett Bayer and the team on Fox News Channel this evening. Here at the radio show, our website is GuyBensonShow.com. The podcast is free on demand every day when the show ends. We recommend that if you cannot listen live. GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcasts.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. As we enter the home stretch, First and foremost, let's check in with producer Christine, who we believe has COVID. Her husband has it. She ran out of tests. She can't get tested, but she has all the symptoms. All right, Christine, it's sort of like the eye doctor. Better or worse? How are you feeling today compared to yesterday? Uh, Worse today, but good news is I did a telehealth with my primary doctor last night. And thanks to Dr. Sapphire's suggestion, he put me on uh, medication, on steroids. So hopefully there'll be some relief by the end of today. Oh, well. The, the, co- the coughing and the congestion is really, really bad at night, especially. Is it, and I'll get to our next topic here in a second, but is this substantially worse than a really bad cold or flu that you've had in the past or kind of in that ballpark? I would still, I, I mean, I was sick two years ago with a bad case of bronchitis, maybe the flu. And I, it, it, what I felt back then is it, it was so much worse than what I'm dealing with now. This is manageable. This is, it, it's, it's a pain. It's a pain and it's really frustrating, but um, I'm not freaking out. I remember back then really freaking out, you know, it was bad. There were there were nights that I was, you know, thinking I had to go to the hospital. So um, this is this is a pain, but I have to say, I mean, and hopefully, well, hopefully because of my vaccine, it's not as bad as it could have been. 
and uh, hope the uh, yeah, and it could be Omicron. Thing. It probably is Omicron, and he we said know it that is. that's you know, more mild, right? So, so there you go. You've got a good combination of factors there. It could be worse. Let's put it that way. And you're a trooper, mm-hmm. just uh, charging through here and continuing to work and helping with the show. This is a story that we flagged yesterday. We didn't have time to squeeze it in. It's always funny. You have a three-hour show. It's like, how do you run out of time for anything? Believe us, every day there's stuff we want to talk about, and we run out of time for it. This one we wanted to revisit because I think it's interesting. Quiet Wyatt had flagged it because, of course, it was in the Wall Street Journal. Headline, Blackberry diehards struggle with final blow. Fans of that, you know, that phone, the smartphone with a little keyboard, parting with devices or turn them into art because they stopped working. January 4th. So this was their final few days with these devices that they've coveted, that they've loved for many, many years in some cases. BlackBerry had told all of their users that this was going to be the drop-dead week. They were going to stop working, would no longer function. They would have to use BlackBerry phones running on Android software moving forward. If you were part of the old school, then your devices would not work any longer. And there were some definite BlackBerry loyalists or dead-enders, whatever you want to call them, who were sad about this, who were really upset that they couldn't use that phone anymore. I have a buddy of mine who loved his BlackBerry for years. They were all the rage. I mean, they were ubiquitous. They were all over the place in corporate America, on Capitol Hill. And then technology moved on. The one thing I will say about a BlackBerry, because I had a BlackBerry, maybe one or two different iterations of BlackBerry, gosh, how long ago? Ten years ago? Something like that. My favorite thing about it was the tactile keyboard. I was always better at typing on the actual little keyboard that they had at the bottom than I have ever gotten on my iPhone. I was really bad on the iPhone at first. Like the fat thumbs problem would just hit all these different letters that I didn't want. Then you'd have autocorrect. So annoying. I got better at it, but it's still an issue. BlackBerry was always better for me, but c'est la vie. It hasn't been an option for a while. I've been over on the iPhone team for years at this point, but I just found it funny, these interviews that the journal did with some of these guys and gals who were just uh, addicted to what they used to call a crackberry and don't feel like the newer technology is actually better for their needs, and some of them are making them, you know, paperweights or into artwork in their house to memorialize this phone that they used. And, Christine, you said this reminded you of something that you just did in your household because you're getting ready to move. You're in the process of selling your house. We are, and we've been, you know, in the attic, taking everything down, going through boxes of what we're going to throw out and keep. And I found a box of, first of all, do you remember beepers? I don't even know. You might even be too young for that. I mean, I remember them. I never had one So I found a box with Bobby and my beepers, a couple of the old ones. And then we found, you know, all our old cell phones. And Megan had a field day. Wait, hang on. Can I ask you just now I'm realizing is a beeper and a pager the same thing or are those different products? Oh, it's the same thing. I think the kids called it a beeper, but the adults called it pagers. Uh, Megan had a field day looking at these phones, especially um, the flip phone. Do you remember how you know, probably in the early 2000s, those are very expensive. And she opened it up. She goes, so what? It rang and you had to open it. And then what? She had no clue. And then she looked at the number pad. I love flip phones, by the way. Those are probably my favorite of the whole evolution. I love the flip phone better than probably a BlackBerry or a Palm Pilot. I thought that was a really good, solid, reliable piece of machinery. And you had very rudimentary games you could play, like that little worm that went around. I mean, oh, it's, it's amazing. If, if you were really advanced, I think there were a few flip phones that eventually had really crappy cameras on them, and you could take, like, grainy photos. It's extraordinary how far this technology has come and how fast it's moved. But the flip phone, in my view, is a classic. I actually agree with you. I always loved a flip phone. I felt comfortable talking on it, but she didn't understand why there were numbers. She said, what are the numbers for? 
Because don't forget, she only knows iPhones where you go through and say, hey, call mom or hey, call dad. So I said, Megan, each phone number, each person you are calling has a phone number. She was like, no, I know. I remember you told me to memorize your number. Uh, I said, good, that's what you would do. You would dial the number and then you would hit send and her mind was blown. She still couldn't comprehend. She didn't get it. She had no that makes me feel so old when she's eight and she doesn't even understand how phone numbers work. Do you not have a, a house phone? Do you not have a landline? No. We, why, do you? No. But I thought no. maybe, you, I mean, you're, you're older. Let's be honest about that. So I thought that, you know, Thank maybe you. As, as a 40-something, you would still be clinging to the landline. I don't know. No, we do not. <laughs> we do not have a landline. Uh, no, we do not have a house phone. I was actually hoping I had one of my old, you know, portable phones with the base to show her. But we, did, we must have thrown those out in our last apartment. So she... I mean, forget it if I had to show her a rotary phone. Remember those? Oh, yeah. I used to use that it? at my grandparents' house. That was uh, that was complicated. You had to really concentrate <laughs> yeah. when you were like, wait, which one did I just do? Then you do it all the way around. Then it zigs back around. Then you're like, okay, now here's a four. That's a shorter one. That's an easy one. And they had their rotary phone in a phone closet where you would go into like this little tiny room where the phone was set up. That is really old school. I think they probably still exist for, like, collectors or something, but that is, I mean, we're talking about many generations ago. Did you ever have a razor? I did not have a razor, but Bobby did. So, and Bobby Yeah, those were like a status did. symbol for a while, the oh, razor. Oh, yes. That, and also, Bobby had, we found his Nextel. Do you remember those where you could actually, like, walkie-talkie with other oh, Nextel yeah. people? Oh, yeah. Was it yellow? Was it yellow for some reason? No, so you remember it being black. like black and yellow. For some reason, in my mind, that's oh, what the next tell was. was. But like a little, yeah, you could have it be a phone or a walkie-talkie, which I never had. Tell. No, me neither. No, Judgey Joyce wasn't paying for that. No way. And I had also <laughs> remember the old Nokia uh, phone, the little one that you could change colors on the faces of the phone. Oh, yep, yep, and you would have different color sort of swag or yep. what's the word I'm looking for? Accessories that you could swap <laughs> out. And I would occasionally do that. Like, Oh, I'm going to make mine blue this week. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The other thing that I find interesting about all of this and the, the sort of direction that this has gone in the arc for a while, the whole goal was to get the cell phone smaller and smaller. Right. But now I've noticed that the smartphones are getting bigger and bigger. I think some of the standard size iPhones are almost like mini tablets at this point, which I don't like. I went out of my way. My current iPhone is the smaller version. Not, I guess they might even call it the mini. It's not that small. It's the size of a normal smartphone in my mind, but it is clearly smaller than some of these gargantuan things that they have. And I get it. It's a high processing unbelievably functional, quick, almost miraculous computer that you have in your pocket. I just feel like a phone shouldn't be bigger than a certain size because it gets cumbersome. But people make fun of me. They're like, why is your phone so small? Because this is the size a phone is supposed to be. No, I 100% agree with you on that. We've been working all these years to get smaller. I'm not, I'm not going back to bigger. No way. Do you remember the old SNL sketch where it was like Jimmy Fallon and someone else working at a high-end boutique in New York, and their boss is Will Ferrell, who just looks completely ridiculous, and he's dressed in all black, and he comes in on some sort of a scooter, and his phone rings, and he answers his phone, and it is the size of maybe a thimble, and he opens it up, <laughs> and was making fun of that whole trend. I remember cracking up so hard at that, and of course, Jimmy Fallon being Jimmy Fallon, and he incidentally tested positive for COVID, so hoping that he recovers well. I just saw that headline today. But Jimmy Fallon really would struggle to keep it together on the set. He was one of the guys who would always like lose his composure fastest. And that sketch was a complete disaster on that front. Even Will Ferrell broke. You can bring it up, perhaps, on YouTube. I just felt like it was a fun, kind of nostalgic conversation about technology that is still very relevant today, but some of it, I mean, it really does feel like you're talking about a relic. 
on a BlackBerry in this news hook, even though it wasn't that long ago. I say bring back the real keyboards. And I guess there are some where that's still an option or you can accessorize with that. I think that that's a helpful item. That's just me. Oh, Cookie, you're not alone. We are both definitely getting old. If you have probably Quiet Wyatt is sitting there saying, what on earth are they talking about? Nextel, Razor, Flip Phone, maybe even BlackBerry might be before his time. And then, my gosh, your daughter doesn't even know how a phone number works. And it's not her fault at all. It just seems so basic, but she's never had to really deal with that. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway, we are out of time. As I mentioned, special report tonight on the panel. Hope to see you all there. You can tune in live in the next hour or set your DVRs. Back here, same time, same place, on the radio. In the meantime, have a great night. Thank you for listening. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show, Friday Eve. Thanks for tuning in. And we now proceed to what has been a theme all week because producer Christine, having feared getting COVID for two years, I mean, around every corner in her mind lurked COVID. She would wake up in a sweat in the middle of the night, convinced that she had COVID, even if the symptoms had nothing to do with COVID. This is the way her mind works. But then she got it, and she has it, and she's been pretty chill about it. Now that it has arrived, it is almost certainly Omicron, and we've been checking in to see how she is doing. So, Christine, yesterday you mentioned that you had your telehealth appointment with a doctor. You had gotten sort of a consultation with Dr. Sapphire, our colleague here, and she had recommended or at least suggested that you might benefit from some sort of steroid or something. What can you tell us on that? Are you feeling better today than you were yesterday. Well, first, let me say I want to thank Dr. Sapphire, Dr. Stiegel, Dr. Manny. I have not bothered McCary or Neshwat yet, and also my doctor. I don't know if I should name him by name, but because um, <laughs> they have uh, dealt with. I think I think that's week. one of the only examples in the country, by the way, where the doctor-client confidentiality and the HIPAA stuff <laughs> actually flows, in this case, to protect the doctor's identity and information, <laughs> not, not the patient's in your case. So let's keep his or her name out of it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so when Dr. Sapphire was the first one to say, listen, Omicron's not really hitting the lungs and the chest that hard. So if you feel like it is, you really need to like keep up on that, and a steroid probably would be recommended. So when I did have my telehealth appointment, even though uh, my oxygen levels were okay, he said, let's just get you started um, and see where we go. And I have to say, I, yeah, I'm sure you could hear it. I feel like I've turned a corner this morning. Yesterday was pretty bad, I, probably one of my worst days. And I woke up this morning and I was like, whoa. And then once I took the When did you take the steroid? And how does that work? Like, so is it a take- pill? Yeah, it's two pills. So I have to take two pills each day for seven days. So yesterday I started it. Didn't feel like it was really kicking in. And then today I took it this morning. And honestly, by like 9, 10, I started feeling even better and better. And now I just, I feel really good. Are you experiencing any cookie roid rage from these steroids? Maybe a different kind of steroid, but I still enjoy this idea of you like turning into the Hulk or something. No, but I definitely have much more energy than I've had for the past, I don't know, 10, 12 days. Uh, it's kind of like that feeling like mama's juice. Mama's juice just makes me happy. Mama's juice makes me giggle, want to dance, want to talk. You know, it's just making me happy. I mean, probably just because I'm out of the fog of just feeling like I got hit by a Mack truck. Um, and like, I, I feel like I could even go take a walk. I haven't really been outside much. I want to go take a walk outside. And you really should be on. outside. Like when I had COVID in August, one of the things that Dr. Sapphire told me constantly every day because she would very kindly call or text every day she's like get outside don't just stew in the air in in this case the hotel room she said you've got to get outside double mask get past people don't share elevators and then go walk and get as much fresh air outdoors as you can that i think would probably speed up the process of recovery i know it's not the perfect time of year for that obviously but i think that the principle still applies 
Well, that's what I was worried about because don't forget, our weather has just been terrible. And I thought maybe going outside in 20-degree weather or if it was raining was, you know, going to make it worse. So I think today is the day I'm going to get outside. I mean, I, I, it just mentally I feel better because it gets depressing. You know that feeling when you're stuck in basically a room or a couple of rooms for days on end and you're not feeling any better, it starts to wear on you. Um, I'm actually grateful that I was able to work because it kept my mind going, you know, and able to contribute and do something other than just sit and watch Housewives all day long. <laughs> you had actually uh, things to accomplish and tasks to perform as opposed to just, yeah, being a, a bump on a log, feeling sorry for yourself and feeling sick and feeling sort of depressed. Uh, so we're glad that we've had you here working as well. Now, because of this, you've sort of gotten <laughs> a bit of a of a help, not to say yeah. that there's any really you know positive elements of getting COVID, but you are once again endeavoring to do dry January, which you attempted year. last year and, and failed. Year. You, you, you got 11 no, days in no, last year. No, 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 I did not fail. I don't look at it that way. I look at it uh, half glass, 11 days full. Yeah. And I think that that's the same thing that when you would fail classes in school, you would say, well, it's not a failure because my average was 53%, which means I got more than half of the things right. So to me, that's a win. But on the scorecard, like on your report card, it was said F, right? So I'm giving you an F because you got 11 days into an entire month and you did not have a dry January. This year, for some reason, I, I had an expectation, I don't know why, that you were actually going to achieve it. I, I, don't, I can't explain why I had that instinct here, but for the first, what, six days and counting, You've had COVID, so drinking really wasn't much of an option at all. So, like, yeah, you've gotten like no. a little, like a little uh, booster shot almost on dry January, where it wasn't an option. I know Quiet Wyatt had found some news article with some tips on how to achieve a full dry January, and you said the number one tip ought to be get COVID, which is, to <laughs> be clear, not what we recommend here on the show. Not that it's necessarily avoidable at this point, even if you've got all the vaccines and you do all the things but it has at least again silver linings here helped you along the way almost a full week into the month where you've had covid and therefore no mama's juice or related adult beverages no no and honestly i i'm taking medication after my steroids are done he wants to put me on antibiotic just to make sure so that's going to take another week after this. So I'll probably be well into January before I could even think about it. And then I'm just going to, I'm going to make it happen. This is going to so be you're just going to power first... through. Because if, if the first two weeks aren't an option for medical reasons, then you really right. just have to power through two weeks, which is what you almost did last year on your own volition. So if you add the medical stuff plus your 11 days from last year, you really just have to do, what, like four or five days better, and then you're there. Well, I have a question for you. I did not drink. I have not drank since uh, December 26th. Could I take those days and credit it from, like, the 27th, 28th, 29th, like all those days, and credit it to January? You know what? I'm going to give you an answer, and it's going to surprise you. My answer to that question is yes. Oh, really? I Yeah, I think you take the days, because you were sick, and often, here's why, the reason that people do dry January a lot of the time is because they have way too much to eat and to drink over the holidays, and they need to sort of reboot, detox, etc. You got detoxed because you mm -hmm. got COVID. So you had Christmas, you had the holiday, and then that week where people often really just like go to parties and see family and have, get a little loosey-goosey with their consumption habits. You didn't have that. You couldn't have that this year. You were sick. New Year's Eve, which is usually a huge blowout, and there's a lot of excess when it comes to eating and oh, drinking. No. You didn't do that. So mm -mm. I think the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st, six days, I think you can subtract six days from your dry January, which would put you at, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. If you can get through January 25th, 26th, I think that counts. 
This is exciting. I can do it. I can easily yeah, do it. I think I you can go and have some talk. drinks. Like, go hang out and have some drinks and cocktails and Mama's Juice the weekend of the 28th, 29th, January. Go for it. I think by that point, you've done the month in my book. And because I make the rules on the show, that's the rule. I think you've made a good argument. I accept it. Okay. All right. And then uh, who knows, by then we might be busy moving. So this this could just keep going. Imagine I, like, go off the hooch for, like, a long time. Well, I mean, let's not get carried away here. All right, let's, let's, <laughs> I know. Like, I'm, baby still, steps. I'm still COVID phase. <laughs> yeah, you're still in COVID. It's, it's January 6th. Let's not get too <laughs> triumphalist at this point. Like, wow, let's check back in April. No, I'm saying if you can hold out to the weekend of January 28th, that Friday night, I think that would be impressive, and in my book, it counts. If you disagree out there, you can maybe uh, send a little tweet. We've, that's another thing, by the way. Christine wants oh, a Twitter yes. account. Oh, yes, yeah, I so want to start. Yes, I want to start a We can have that conversation separately because we're up on time here. We're almost done. Uh, but if you object, you can tweet angrily at me. But I think that's the final decision here. That's my final answer on dry January rules for producer Christine, who's all roided up. And, you know, now that she's on the steroids, maybe she can get back into her fighting shape to when she was an aerobic champion back in the 80s, which is a very inside reference uh, for regular listeners. But you get it. You you know who she was working on behalf of at the time. Uh, We won't get into that because it, frankly, is very disturbing. And we are out of time anyway. Tomorrow is Friday. Back here with the Friday edition of the Guy Benson Show, as we like to say. Same time, same place. Have a great night. Stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Friday. Happy Friday to all of you. Your first weekend of 2022 is straight ahead. We just have a few minutes left together. A reminder that the show is always available on the free podcast. If you missed any of it all week long, a big week of shows to start the new year. GuyBensonShow.com. Bonus Benson on the weekends. So we were having this conversation earlier, and I think that we are not fully in agreement, shockingly. The question was, because I've been saying to our guests throughout the week, Happy New Year, when I welcome them into the show. And this is an annual thing. How long do you say Happy New Year? Because there is a point where it starts to sound and feel weird. Right? Like, I'll have someone in late January, sometimes even February, say Happy New Year. I'm like, no. I think the first week of January, it's a total no-brainer. You start saying Happy New Year. This is the weird thing. You start saying Happy New Year probably around December 30th. At least I do. I don't even think about it. It just comes out. Right? It's almost New Year's Eve, and you just say Happy New Year. And it's sort of like, oh, that's a bit odd. Then you walk away. But that's totally socially acceptable. And then, of course, I would say January 1st through 7th, Eighth, the first week for sure. The gray area is going to be next week and then into the following week. So solidly mid-January. What's the policy there? My overall thing, I think, I think, we'll see, is I stop saying it as a regular greeting after the first week plus of the new year. But sometimes if I haven't seen someone or if I'm welcoming a guest onto the air that we haven't spoken with since the previous year, I might throw in a Happy New Year for another week, two at the most. I kind of feel like the third week of January is when it really needs to stop. That is my unofficial policy. Producer Christine, is that reasonable? Is there a cutoff? You love doing everything too long and too early. Do you start saying Happy New Year December 1st? I I do not, because don't forget I'm in full Christmas mode. Um, here's Yeah, I think I go a little too long. I'm probably still at the end of January. <laughs> So when you're emailing a guest to try to get them to come on the show, it's like February 7th. You're like, Happy New Year. Are you free today? (laughs) Yeah, or maybe it might be like, you know, uh, hey, so-and-so, like, 
you know, hope all is well. Happy New Year. Happy almost Valentine's Day. Can you do the show today? Yeah, I, I feel bad for Carl Rove's assistant, for example. You must use all the various <laughs> greetings for that person. In your regular life, do you do that too, or is that just like a professional email tick? No, I think that's more of a professional. Well, don't forget, I mean, I'm, I communicate with so many people so often. So, you know, all the people in my personal life, by the first week of January, I've already spoken to. So I've gotten to Yeah, in many cases, they're no longer speaking to you, right? Like by that yeah, point, it's yeah. like... but no i i think i definitely carry on the happy new year probably way too long so i don't know maybe i'm maybe this is the last week i'm gonna do it actually maybe next week should i start happy valentine's day no you should absolutely not do that because that's very strange and very premature but in your mind i think as long as you are still not drinking it's probably still happy new year time because you're doing Dry January, it's still going. Of course, it's because you're sick and have COVID, so you don't really have much of a choice. We were talking about this on the call earlier today because I am up against a bit of a dilemma, and so is Dan, our engineer, because my plan, and I did not make any grand pronouncements like you did, but my plan was to hold off and not have an adult beverage until the 14th, just do kind of a couple weeks of detox because you just have a lot at parties and various things over the holidays like let's uh let's take a break i've been very diligent with my peloton and my workouts and all that stuff i also am working this weekend i've got the big show saturday and sunday 5 p.m eastern on fox news channel i'll be one of the four co-hosts of that hour-long show on fnc so I'll be working throughout the week, and I'm not going to go out and like you know have any big parties or go wild. But we're having some friends over tonight for dinner, and they are really, really talented cooks, and they love our kitchen because they're in a smaller apartment setting with a smaller kitchen. We've got sort of a, a bigger main floor open kitchen area that they love using. So we have this great little trade-off where they can come and use our kitchen, and we can eat the food that they make, which is delicious. And we also happen to be very good friends, and we enjoy their company. They were part of our little contingent that went to Greece in October. So we're really looking forward to it. And I don't know what's on the menu. I don't know what they're going to prepare. I do know that it will be amazing because they're batting a 1,000. They always cook something delicious. And it's Friday night. It's been a long week. It's been a heavy week with January 6th and all of that. And I just feel like whatever they cook will probably be enhanced by a glass or two, and that's it, of wine. And I'm just wondering, since I'm not even committed to dry January, and I was just randomly picking next weekend, why not have a glass of wine tonight? Is that is that a sellout? Meanwhile, Dan, you've got an event, what, tonight or tomorrow, where it's open bar. Yeah, that's tonight, and it's with my girlfriend's family and friends. It's just like kind of a smaller shindig kind of thing. But I was with you. I was going to do a couple weeks. But, you know, if you have a little wine, and by saying this, I feel like I'm enabling you um, <laughs> to to say, yes, you should. Um, but, yeah, no, I know. I think a couple glasses maybe might do it for me on a Friday night. And that's about it. And then I'll go back to, you know, being being good. Until next weekend. Until which next was, weekend. Right, which was the goal anyway. Christina, have the tables turned where our lady of temperance, Cookie, is going to scold us for having a glass or two of uh, mama's juice prematurely? I, can, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but fellas, come on. We're only at January 7th. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't commit to this. But but you're my best friend, so and so is Dan now. So we were supposed to all do this together. No, we weren't. Um, you, well, and no, we aren't. In my mind, yeah. Well, yeah. You sound like my husband because my husband just said, "Oh, I'm definitely having a drink tonight." And I said, "No, we're doing Dry January." He goes, "Oh, no, no, no." Wait, is really he over? Is he done with COVID? Because he's had COVID. So yes, he has had COVID, but he's not on medication, and he said he feels better. But we don't know if he still has it. Don't forget, we can't find tests. So, listen, I I highly suggest he does not partake in any alcohol beverages tonight. But, um, 
yeah, I'm going to be really judgmental of anybody this this month that's drinking. Uh-huh. I'm just that's just the way I'm. Now going I feel it. bad. I don't. Yeah, you In should. Fact, you should. Your your scorn makes me more likely to have maybe even a third glass tonight, just because. I can, and I can report back. I actually had an open bottle of pretty good red wine that I opened New Year's Eve during dinner because we had dinner plans. We were going to go out and have a little date night, but Adam tested positive the day before, so we had to cancel our dinner reservation, and instead I ordered in some food, and I sat by myself and had dinner at the table, and I opened a bottle of wine, and I actually forgotten that I'd opened it. I had maybe not even half of the bottle, I had two glasses, and then I put the little cork thing in it, and I'd forgotten about it because I was then delivering dinners to Adam for the rest of the week, and I knew he was really feeling better. He said, by the way, I noticed that there was a bottle of wine downstairs. It's going to go bad. Are you going to drink it? I said, no, it's a weeknight. It's a school night. I'm, I'm doing this quasi-early January dry thing. And so I just brought the half bottle up to him, and he polished it right off. So that problem was solved by Adam. And maybe we'll just open a nice bottle tonight or two. The other three people can have as much as they want. I'll have a glass or two. Or maybe not. Maybe I'll just have an ice-cold Coke Zero and press forward for another week. We'll see. I'm sure you're all on the edge of your seat. You can't wait to hear the verdict, which we might get to on Monday, depending on how I'm feeling about my choices. Either way, please tune in. The Big Show, Saturday, Sunday, Fox News Channel, 5 p.m. Eastern. I'll be co-hosting this weekend, and then back here on the radio Monday. Have a great weekend. Good night. Thank you for listening. It's The Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.